Taking aspirin daily for at least. I'm super glad to have all of you with us today at all of our locations. If you do have your Bibles, we're going to start in Proverbs 25. We're in the second week of a series called Toxic. Today I want to talk to you about toxic influences. Before we dive in, I'm curious, uh, how many of you are like me? You love movies. All of our locations, you love movies. Uh, anybody like the new Karate Kid? Anybody like that new Karate Kid? I liked it. Take your jacket on. Put your jacket on, off on. Fight! I liked it. Uh, Toy Story 3. Anybody watch Toy Story 3? Uh, at the end, I'm, I'm there with my kids, and I'm, I'm crying at Toy Story 3. Like, Daddy, are you crying? I'm like, got something in my eye. There's just something in my I'm crying in Toy Story 3. Inception, anybody see Inception? Inception, is this a dream? Is this real? I don't know. If you haven't seen it, you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, there's another movie, uh, 2009 Golden Globe uh, winner of the year for the best comedy. About half the people that I know I've talked to, they've seen the movie Hangover. I haven't seen the movie. I know a lot of you have. Uh, I hear it's very funny. For those of you that have seen the movie Hangover, I want to just kind of talk about that one in particular for a minute. I could talk about any number of different ones. This one's just relatively easy to talk about for this sermon. Uh, if you have seen it, like the people I talk to that have seen the movie Hangover, they didn't realize what I'm about to tell you. I told them, did you know this? And like, oh, I didn't notice that in the movie. So for those of you that have seen it, or if you're considering seeing it, uh, you may or may not have noticed there are actually 91 different versions of the F-bomb in this movie. 91 different versions of the F-bomb. There's 41 S-words, nine slang terms for the male private parts, two for the female, 13 hells, 14 A, crooked letter, crooked letter words, 31 different versions of God's name in vain, 31 different versions of God, Jesus, GD, and such, 31 different versions of God's name in vain. And this doesn't include the innumerable sexual references and sexual scenes. So how many of you did not see the movie Hangover? You did not see it? How many of you want to thank God right now? in church that you didn't see this movie because you're going, oh, I feel so guilty or so weird. And if you did see the movie, uh, like about half of my friends and people I'm close to, I don't want you to feel just like the biggest loser right now because I have seen movies that are similar to that. I'll just be real honest. And growing up, I saw about a bazillion that were very similar to that and probably even worse. But what's interesting is the people that I talked to, I said, did you realize that there was about one F-bomb per minute? Minute! Like, no, no, I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice. How many of you like mixed martial arts, or you might call it cage fighting or UFC, a little throwdown? How many of you like that? You got going, 
not going to raise my hand. This could be a trick question. It's not a trick question. I like uh, MMA. I like, I like watching that. But I'll be honest, the first time I saw it years ago, it turned my stomach. Uh, they were, and these, you know, these guys were in a cage, and they're much larger than I am and very mean looking, and they're just pounding each other. And this one, I don't know if they changed the rules or not, but back then, they took this guy, they put him in an arm lock, and I watched as his arm snapped, his forearm just popped, and I was like, <gasps> and it grossed me out. And then I watched it again, and it wasn't as gross. I thought, oh, that's not. And now, after watching it for a long time, I bring my little sons in, and we're like, snap his arm! And my, I guess my standards have maybe changed. You could say I've been desensitized to something that used to turn my stomach, and now I'm entertained by it. I like it. Could it be that there's a generation that's been desensitized to watching what used to be maybe bad and now we consider it good, and we don't even notice that so many of us are consuming and paying for and seeking out toxic influences? Fair question, right? I mean, honestly. Uh, this is going to be a tough message. I just want you to know. For everybody, if it's not tough for you, it's probably because you're not following Christ. I mean, I'll be real honest. Because just the, as loud as culture is, we are inundated with messages that are not pleasing to God. So if it's not tough for you, that's because you're not a Christian or because maybe you're a Christian that's not very sensitive to what God wants to say to you. Because let's be honest, chances are every one of you have been to a movie or seen something on TV or read something or looked at something that wasn't pleasing to God, probably with some F-bombs and maybe some God's name in vain, and it didn't really bother you. But think about it. If I did, say, 91 F-bombs in the sermon, you'd probably be offended. If I did one, you'd probably be offended. And yet, you willingly consumed that and paid money for it probably in the last 30 days. Can you see the tension? Toxic influences. If you're taking notes, here's our definition for toxic for this series. It's anything containing poisonous material capable of causing sickness or even death. Anything, today we're talking about influences. Anything containing poison that's capable of harming us, making us sick, spiritually sick, drawing us away from God, or even destroying us. Because what you have to understand, and those of you who are Christians, you recognize there is an evil force in this world. There is, there is the, the person of the enemy of God, Satan, Lucifer, the great deceiver, the liar, uh, the, uh, who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's very sly. He's very deceptive. He's not going to come at us with, um, with a pitchfork and har horns because you're way too smart for that. What he's going to do is use many influences and do what some child molesters call grooming. I don't know if you've ever studied this. It's very disturbing what child molesters will do as they're preparing a child for the, the horrible attack. I, I watched a show on it one time, and they, they, they call it grooming. It's, it's they meet a child, and they start breaking down the child's barriers over weeks, months, or even years. First, it's a, a you know, a hug on the shoulder, then it's a front-to-front -front hug, and later on, it's a little tickle, and over time, 
they groom the child and lower his or her barriers so that they can come in for the kill. Could it be that through all sorts of influences, our spiritual enemy is grooming us to take in that which is hurtful and call it good, clean entertainment? Nothing wrong with it. Everybody else is doing it. Could it be that we're being groomed and poisoned? Because none of you, if Satan came to you and said, hey, uh, would you drink this glass of poison? <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. You're not, you're not going to do that. But it, he can use other influences to try to seep poison into your system to be very destructive. So, with that being said, what kind of toxic influences am I talking about? Well, you tell me, because we're all different in what we consume. I'll give you just a few things to think about as we uh, as we digest this message. Some potentially toxic influences could be the movies we watch, could be the music that we listen to, it could be what we view on television, it could be the internet sites that we go to, it could be the social media sites, you know, looking at pictures of our friends doing stuff on Facebook or reading Twitters that are tweets that are unhelpful. It could be the magazines that we read, it could be the video games that we play, it could be the people that we hang out with, it could be very toxic in their influence. In fact, I'll spend a whole week next week talking about toxic friendships and how we deal with those. That being our foundation, let's, let's let Proverbs 25, verse 26 settle in. Here's what God's word says. Like a muddied spring or a polluted well is a righteous man who gives way to the wicked. Think about this. Like a muddied spring or a polluted well is a righteous man who gives way to the wicked. For those of you that are Christians, could it be that we become a muddied spring or a polluted well? We've given way to the toxic influences of the wicked. Now, what I want to do for this message, because it's very, very challenging, and admittedly so. I mean, I could very easily get into legalism and rules, or I could just kind of go easy on it, and then everybody stays the way they are. So I've got to walk a pretty fine line. What I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to stay rather high up and take a broad view from a biblical stance that I pray is helpful. I pray to God that you don't just shake this. Some of you, you can very easily write me off as a weird fanatic person. That's okay. I expect that. But for those of you who truly want to grow deep with Christ, I pray that the Holy Spirit would speak to you in a way that would bring about change. So three things that we're going to remember when it comes to potentially toxic influences. The first one, if you're taking notes, is we have to acknowledge that a little bit of poison goes a long way. A little bit of poison <clears throat> goes a long way. Paul was talking to the Corinthians about yeast, how yeast is easily spread throughout all the dough. And yeast in the Bible is often a picture of sin. So when we look at this verse in your mind, think about talking about how sin can overtake a whole person. He says, don't you know a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough, or we could say a little poison pollutes a person. A little sin will mess you up. He says get rid of the old yeast, or get rid of the sin, or we could say get rid of the toxic influences, so that you may be a new batch without yeast. So you're not poisoned by the sin of this world as you really are. A little bit of poison goes a long way. I'll illustrate it this way. There was a 14-year-old um, boy who said, Mom, I want to go see this movie. She said, great. What's it called? What's it rated? He said, it's called this, and it's rated PG-13. I am 14, so I should be 
old enough to go. And she said, well, have you asked around to find out what's in the movie that might be harmful to you as a growing Christian? And he said, well, there's some bad words, and there's, uh, there is a sex scene, uh, and there's some violence. But, but it's not real bad. It's just a little bit, just a little bit of bad stuff, but not a whole lot. And she said, fair enough, you can go tonight, but first I'm going to make you your brownies because you're such a great son, and I know how you love brownies. He's like, dude, this is awesome, mom rocks. And so she went to make her brownies, and as she was getting the um, uh, ingredients ready, she went outside in the backyard and found a little fresh pile of their pet dog's waste, poop, dog doo-doo. I don't know why that's funny, but it just sounds funny to me to say it. And so she went in and took a spoon and got put it in some of the moist poop and just took a very little bit, went in and mixed it into the brownie mix, just a little bit, stirred it up, put the brownies in, took it back out and said, son, your brownies are ready and you can go to the movie tonight because there's only a little bit of bad in the movie, but I need you to know that when you eat the brownies, there's, there is a little bit of poop in there. He was like, what? Nasty. What's going on? He said, it's not much. There's, there's not much poop. You just need to know there's a little bit of poop. Not a lot, but just a little bit of poop and your brownies. And you can probably see how this plays out. And what's funny is a lot of parents are going to argue against me and say, well, I can handle these bad influences. I'm an adult. I don't want my kids to see it. Why do you not want your kids to see it? Because you don't want it to be a bad influence on them, but it's okay if it's a bad influence on you. So when you look at what we consume today, in virtually everything, you could make an argument that there is a significant amount of poop in the brownies. For, for example, just we can pick a show, uh, The Bachelorette, okay? Interesting show, right? I mean, it, you got to admit, if you've never seen it, I, I find it entertaining, funny. To me, you've got like all these guys, you know, who meet these girls and or all these girls that meet The Bachelor or whatever, and within like 30 minutes, they're all in love. This is my soulmate. You know, they're, they're all in love. And so, you know, when they get sent home, they're like, <laughs> he, he doesn't know he's missing out on the best thing. It's like, you're such a fool. And it's entertaining to me. I just laugh. Like, the harder they cry, the more I laugh. It's insane. But if you, if you take a step back from it, take a step back and look at the poop in the brownies, you have to acknowledge that it's sending a message. And you could argue what it is, but basically the message is that everybody's supposed to be hot. True love is found in a helicopter flying over waterfalls. And if you don't know who you're supposed to marry, stay the night with one person, then another person, then another person. After having sex with all three, decide which one you should spend the rest of your life with. Would you say that's a little bit of poop in the brownies? And yet, many of you will sit there with your 12-year-old daughter and watch it and laugh. And we have to ask, is this what we truly want to consume? I mean, we could talk about anything. could be romance novels. I've never read one, but I've actually talked to people that have read romance novels. And basically what I understand is kind of like, my husband's not romantic and not meeting my needs. And then the pool guy comes, and he's cute, and he's got abs. And when he does that pool thing, I like it. And so we can go straight pools forever and make out in bikinis and swimsuits by the pools he cleans. And, I mean, it's, it's uh, 
A little bit of poop goes a long way. A little bit of poison goes a long way. The second thing that we should remember when looking at toxic influences is that just because everyone does it doesn't make it right. Now, I sound like your mom, don't I? I mean, I do, but your mom was right when it comes to this. Just because everybody else is doing it doesn't make it right. In fact, I want to look briefly at Romans 12.2. We looked at this verse last week in the NIV, uh, New International Version. This week, I want to look at it in what's called the Message Version. This is not a literal translation of the Bible. It's more of a devotional translation, but I find this very helpful. The Message translates it this way. Do not become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. It's pretty strong. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God, and you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it, unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God, on the other hand, he brings out the best in you and develops a well-formed maturity in you. It's going to be so easy to say, well, everybody else is. Just because everybody else is doesn't make it right. In fact, oftentimes the majority is very wrong. You can read in Numbers 13, when 12 spies went out, 10 came back and said, the land looks good, but there are giants there, and the land will eat you. And the people said, you must be right. You're the majority. Two came back representing God and said, no, the land is good and God wants us to have it. And everybody said, we can't trust the minority. The majority's got to be right. Just because everyone else does, does not make it pleasing to God or helpful to you. Just because everyone else does it, does not make it right. A little bit of poison goes a long way. Just because everybody else is doesn't mean we should. And number three, just because I could doesn't mean I should. Just because I could, and this is what I want to be very clear about, is that we have tremendous freedom in Christ. I mean, we really do. Uh, Could I speed to the church today in my car going over the speed limit and still love Jesus and be a Christian and go to heaven? I could do that. Should I do that? Probably not. Uh, Could I eat all the junk food I want and balloon up and never exercise and still be a Christian and go to heaven? Absolutely I could. Should I? Probably not. Uh, Could I go into massive debt, buying things I don't need with money I don't have to impress people I don't know? Sound familiar to anybody? Could I do that and still go to heaven? Yes. Should I? No. Could I read Cosmos, 43 ways to drive your boyfriend wild in bed and still be a Christian? Yes, you can do that. Should you? GQ, should I look at pictures of the half-naked people all the time and be driven by uh, the things of this world? Could, Could I? Yes. Desperate housewives, can I watch... Women have affairs over and over and over again and still be a Christian. Yes, you can do that. Should you? I don't see personal value coming from those things. Can you do it? You can. You you can do those things. Should you do it? Paul said this, 1 Corinthians 6.12. 
He said, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. There's some things I could do, but it's really not going to build me. It's not going to draw me closer to God. It's not a good productive use of time. Uh, I'm not going to do it. Everything is permissible, he said again, but I will not be mastered by anything. Now, all that being said, I want to be really crystal clear, very crystal clear. We have tremendous freedom in Christ. We really do. And what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to put some standards and impose them on you, my man-made standards. For example, you know, you can never see a rated R movie and PG-13 goes either way. PG is always acceptable. I mean, that's just stupid. I mean, that, the Passion of the Christ is rated R and everyone should see that movie. And there are rated G movies that have very anti-Christian messages that are totally unacceptable and I wouldn't expose myself or my kids to those. So I'm not going to do that. We're not going to say you should never listen to secular music and, and that's just stupid. It's just totally stupid and legalistic. We're not going to go there. I also want to acknowledge that many of you are very strong grounded Christians, and you can probably handle some things that, some influences that are not going to take you down. In fact, many of you, you are such a strong light that it's a mistake for you not to go be a light in dark places, that you should do that. But there are many of you that are very susceptible to temptation and continue to feed on things that are very, very harmful to you, that help you fall more in love with the world, open you up more to temptation, and you could do it, but it's just not helpful. I mean, honestly, it's, it's leading you more to the things of this world than to the things of God. And it's totally acceptable in most Christian circles, but we are called to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are called to be set apart. Holy hagios, it means to be set apart. It means to be different. If we are not any different from non-Christians, then we probably truly don't know Christ and are not following him. Did you hear that? not different at all, it's probably because we don't really know him. So what do we do? How, how do we know what to consume and what not to consume? And let me just say, sometimes it's incredibly obvious. It's incredibly obvious. And when you know that it's poison to you, just walk away. Don't consume it. For example, uh, if your friends say, hey, you want to go see a movie, what's it called? Debbie Does Your Hometown. Okay. That's not a movie you want to see. And I, obviously, I'm exaggerating some, but, you know, like The Hangover. That's probably not, the title alone probably tells you that's not going to build your faith and help you be closer to Christ. I mean, you know, there's some things that are just obvious. Hey, we got to, you know, I'm praying about going to this bachelor party this weekend. Okay, cool. What are they going to do? Well, they're going to go do shots and then go to the strip club afterwards. Should I go or should I not? That, that should be really obvious. But the interesting thing, there are many of you who will go to a bachelor party such as that this month. And that should be obvious to you. There's nothing good that is going to come out of that environment. And so you just stay away. There are other times, though, when it's not going to be quite as obvious. Gonna, you know, should I read this book, listen to this music, hang out with these friends, go to this Facebook page, uh, read this magazine article? And when it's not quite as obvious, what do you do then? Well, let me just kind of unpack that. Uh, a lot of people would say, well, let your conscience be your guide. Let your conscience be your guide. And that is occasionally good advice. For example, when your conscience just says, no, this is wrong, then, then don't do it. And a lot of times you'll talk over your conscience. Well, it's just this once. It's not that big of a deal. When your conscience does tell you, no, it's wrong, you've got to be pretty confident it's wrong, and that's a good time to listen to your conscience. The dangerous thing, though, is oftentimes your conscience will say, well, it's not that big of a deal. There's a biblical phrase that says your conscience can, can actually be seared. In other words, there are times, kind of like the 
UFC fighting. It used to bother me, but it doesn't bother me anymore. In fact, now I like it. There could be times when there's something that is actually wrong, and after you do it enough, you think it's no big deal, it hasn't really hurt you, and your conscience is seared, and you, you don't think it's that bad now, when actually it is bad, it is wrong, it is dangerous, it is hurtful to the heart of God, and it is poison to your soul. In fact, a lot of people say, well, I'm not bothered by such and such. I'm not, uh, a wife may say, I, you know, my husband's bothered by sex scenes, where people I don't know take their clothes off and get down together on video. But I, that doesn't bother me. Or someone else say, may say, well, you know, uh, that, this one thing bothers me, but profanity doesn't bother me. Think about this. Just because it doesn't bother you doesn't mean that it shouldn't bother you. Think about that. God's name in vain. If you are a Christian and you can listen to 31 different versions of your Savior's name taken in vain, and that doesn't bother you, what does that say about you? I mean, seriously. Just because it doesn't bother you doesn't mean it shouldn't bother you. And there are some things that the fact that it doesn't bother you ought to say something about where you are with God right now. I'm, I'm sorry if it's a little bit tough. Um, sometimes I'm going to build you, and other times I'm going to come at you. That's my job as your shepherd. And so um, I, I hope you see it out of love and not out of condemnation. So let's, let's let Scripture speak. How do we know? How do we know? Very simply, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 21 and 22, best verse hands down in all the Bible to deal with what should we take in. Scripture says to do what? Everybody say those first two words together. We are to test everything. Say it again. We are to test everything. What do we hold on to? The Bible says we hold on to the, the good. And what do we avoid? We avoid every kind of evil. Just let that sink in. Test it. Is this good? Is this not good? If it's good, hey, we hold on to it. If it's evil, we avoid it. What kind of evil do we avoid? What does the Bible say? We avoid what? Every kind. Every kind. If it's, if it's sin, if it's wrong, if it's not helpful, if it's hurtful to God, if it's hurtful to us, we avoid it. That's what we do. If it's good, we hold on to it. If it's not good, we, we avoid it because this isn't, this isn't good. So how do we test everything? Here's three questions I made up that I think could be helpful. The first thing is, ask yourself, am I being entertained by sin? Am I being entertained? Is this article, is this book, is this music, is, it, is this is this wrong to God? Am I being entertained by sin? Because what a lot of people will say, but the movie was so funny. I mean, it was just hilarious. Good point. I love funny movies. I, lo I love funny TV shows. If I told you a hilarious racial joke right now, would it be acceptable because it's funny? Give me a yes or no. No, it wouldn't. No, funny doesn't make it right or wrong. It's wrong because it's wrong to be racial, to be prejudiced. It's wrong because it's wrong. Funny doesn't make wrong right. Boy, that's good preaching. I mean, it really is. You all are sitting there like, I'm afraid to move. I mean, that is, that is, that is a very, very good point. Am I being entertained by sin? Second thing, ask, is this pleasing to God? Is it pleasing to God? Because God is not just my buddy. He is the holy creator and sustainer of this universe. He is so holy that mortal man cannot look upon him in his purest essence and live. And we are to live 
in such a way to bring glory and honor to him. If it's not pleasing to him, uh, let's not get involved in it. Third thing is, does this lure me away from Christ? Does this lure me away from Christ? If it does, let's stay away from it. Uh, here, here's the challenge. A lot of you are going to say, okay, Groeschel, we're normally with you, but you're whacked today. I mean, you're like, I don't know if you woke up on the wrong side of bed. I mean, this is stupid. This doesn't hurt me. This isn't that bad. What I consume isn't that bad. Let me, let me explain it to you this way. Um, every week when we shoot video, every week I hold up a white piece of paper for the camera. It's called a white balance. Because when a camera cold just shoots me or anything, it doesn't know how to interpret the colors. It doesn't know what they really are until it sees what true white is. Then when it sees true white, it can interpret the other colors based on what's true white. The reason many of you are saying, well, it's not that bad, is because you've lost what true white is. In fact, let me give you an example. This is the actual video from this week that we shot. This is me before shooting it. You, the colors look normal to you now until the camera adjusts, and now those are the normal colors. Once the camera sees what true white is, it knows how to interpret everything else based on what true white is. Here's the problem. A lot of us are saying, well, what I'm consuming, it's not that bad. I mean, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. The reality is we have forgotten the true standard. We've forgotten the true standard. And once you remember the true standard, then we'll be able to interpret everything else in light of the true standard instead of interpreting everything else according to everything else. Now, about right now, if I'm sitting where you are, I'm going, oh, crap, okay? I'm going, oh, well, I'm, I'm my favorite show and my favorite book and what I'm going to do and all oh, that, what am I going to do with my time? Can I make some suggestions? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Seriously. Spend it with your kids. Serve in your church. Be involved in the community. Mentor someone. Lead a life group. Open up God's word and consume it rather than toxic things. And think how different you could be if you stop taking in what's a little bit of poop and started taking in a lot of truth and let the white balance of God's word reset your standard of right and wrong and lived in such a way that would bring glory and honor to him. Think about it, talk about it, pray about it, and let the Holy Spirit work in you as only he can. Not legalism, freedom but freedom to do what pleases God. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you for your spirit that's working today. And I really do pray. I pray that no one walks out under this heavy feeling of condemnation and legalism, but instead, God, that um, we would sense the true freedom we have and that we would have a desire to even have our minds reset with the white balance of your word and that we could interpret um, everything that we consume based on your standard rather than the standards of this world. Now, all of our locations as you're praying today, I just, I hope that you want to ask God to do a, a healing work. And I'm telling you, uh, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm working on this message this week going, wow, I shouldn't be and I shouldn't be and I am and I, and I want to. And I mean, I'm telling you, if you live in this world, you are, you are infected and affected by the culture and, and poison. And so those of you who would say, yeah, I, the Holy Spirit really is working in me. I really do want to take this seriously. I want to test everything. 
want to hold on to what's right, and I want to avoid everything that's not, and I need God's help to do it because it really would take some significant change that I really, I do want to be different, and I want to live in a way that's pleasing to God. If that's you, would you just lift up your hands now, and I want to pray for you. I do want to pray for you. Thank you so much for those of you that really do take it seriously. God, I, I pray that um, your Holy Spirit would just remind us whenever we're being groomed to be distracted from you, that we would, we would have a holy hatred for anything that's not pleasing to you. God, not, not out of guilt or fear or legalism, but out of a sense of um, a desire to please you and cling to you. And God, remind us to test everything, to hold on to the good and help us to avoid evil. And now, now God, for those that didn't raise their hands, I, just, I pray that you'd pursue them. And I really pray that their hearts would be open to what you would say. God, for those who think this is totally weird, I pray there'd be a day where they'd see, that they'd see the truth in this message that they see the truth in your word, and God, that they would be transformed. As you keep praying today, just nobody looking around, here's what I want you to think about. Why is it that we love this stuff so much? I mean, I do, I love it, I, I, I do. Why, why is it? Part of the reason is, I think, is that um, we truly find meaning, try to find meaning in things other than in Christ. It's, it's the lower things. We're, um, we're, we're, we're searching for something to fill the emptiness inside. The problem is there is no thing, no entertainment, no pleasure, no possession that's going to fill the void that we have. Why is it that we're drawn away from God so easily? It's because we are sinners, all of us. Our sin separates us from God. We are bent toward the temporary things of this world. Therefore, we miss out on the eternal things of God's kingdom. That's why God sent his son, Jesus. He became like us to show us his goodness, to shed his blood for us, to, raise, to be raised again from the dead so that all of our sins could be forgiven, but not just so that we could be forgiven, but so that we could live a life that would truly honor the God of this universe. Some of you, you're recognizing right now, you really don't know him. You really don't. Maybe you tried to conform your life to be good or act more religious and not be bad, but you just can't. The reason is you're doing it on your own and you do not, do not know him. Others of you are going, oh man, I'm, my life is a mess and I'm just like far from God, but I'm feeling drawn to him. That is the Holy Spirit of God drawing you to him. And let me just tell you, that's why you're here. You sense it. God brought you here for this moment to call on his name. And when you do, you will be forgiven by Jesus, you'll be transformed, you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit, and you will never be the same. At all of our locations, those of you who would say, that's me, I wanna give my life to him, I wanna know I'm forgiven, I wanna belong to him, Jesus, take all of my life, make me new. Would you lift up your hands right now and just say, that's me. Lift them up high now and say, yes, that's me. I give my life to him. Man, both of you right back here, God bless you guys, and right over here as well, God bless you too. Others of you, I wanna just see you, I wanna look at you right back here, in this middle section, others today who would say, me too. Right over here, both of you, hands up. Right back over here in this middle section. Thank you, God bless you. Others of you who say, me too, Jesus. I'd, I need your forgiveness. Praise God for you, sweetheart. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in her. Others of you say, me too. Take it all, I wanna know you wanna be transformed. Would you all pray, all of our, our locations, just pray together in support of those praying this for the first time. Pray, Heavenly Father, take my life. I am a sinner and I need a savior, forgive me and make me new. I willingly give my life to you because you gave your life for me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so I could serve you. 
renew my mind with your truth. Thank you for new life. I give you mine. In Jesus' name I pray. All of our locations, would you worship God right now? Just welcome those today born into his family. Thank him for his goodness.